This is the People, Planet, Prosperity podcast, a project of Canada Action to bring you long-form, in-depth discussion from a positive, fact-based, and non-partisan perspective about our vital natural resource sector. Well, Cody, we're back, and today we have a hot topic, one that causes quite a bit of polarization, but it's an important question, and I'm just going to drop it on you. Is oil and gas dead? Hey, Lynn, what a statement. We hear about this a lot nowadays, the end of oil and gas. And in fact, global oil and gas demand is growing. It will remain a critical component of our lives for decades to come. And we need to start having a balanced, honest conversation about energy demand and the role that oil and gas plays every single day in everyone's life. Okay, Cody, that sounds fair. But I mean, we're talking about, uh, we just had the latest United Nations uh, report come out and they're issuing a code red that we need as soon as possible to get off of oil and gas is sort of the, the, the message we're hearing. How do you reconcile that with the fact that oil and gas is not dead, according to you? Just the factual consumption trends and data uh, shows that you know global oil demand is 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 continuing to reach uh, approach pre-pandemic levels and is expected to still grow for years to come. There are a lot of headlines that don't always reflect the substance in these complicated and complex reports. We know that climate action is important, but there is no technological substitute for the vast uses and power density and energy density that is stored in a barrel of oil or in natural gas uh, today. In it, in it. And, and yes, we will continue to develop wind and solar and hydro and biofuels and geothermal and nuclear. And even around the world, coal power demand is growing and is, is back to a multi-year high. We're still going to need all forms of energy for a long time to come specifically with oil and gas, if we want to have the greatest positive impact on the climate, it starts by making sure that global consumers can choose the most responsible source for the natural gas and oil that they're using. And that starts with Canada. So let's talk about what that oil demand comes from. You just mentioned that there's a lot of different uses out of a barrel. So when we say oil gas demand is going to continue, what are some of the things that you're talking about that we are still going to need oil and gas for as we progress towards cleaner technology and cleaner energy forms, and it becomes more affordable to use renewables? It's interesting when we talk about electric vehicles, because electric vehicles are obviously not powered by gasoline, but they are made possible thanks to advanced plastics, all of which is made from oil and natural gas. So there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of products. Everything around us now is made with or made possible thanks to oil and natural gas. And petrochemicals will remain a very important component of global oil and gas demand. And it is actually expected to grow in the coming years and decades ahead. So even if transportation demand does drop off, petrochemical demand is expected to increase. There was a report a couple of years ago that said in 2040, if all new vehicles sold were electric, you would still have oil demand around 85 million barrels a day due to the plastics required to make those electric vehicles and the many, many, many other uses that uh, you know we don't often know about or think about from uh, what oil and natural gas allows us to make. So 
There's many different uses. Some of it is easy to potentially decarbonize, um, others are not. And actually with carbon capture utilization and storage, we can actually potentially continue to use oil and gas and sequester the emissions as we you know, work towards achieving net zero. There's many great examples in Canada of how we are advancing the technology to reduce our impact. And if we don't produce it, it is going to ultimately get produced by other jurisdictions, often with weaker standards. We do need to be talking about substitution as well and just continuing to, to educate all of uh, our friends and family and people around the world about how everything works and uh, what Canada is doing to be uh, a leader in sustainability. So, okay, maybe oil isn't dead, but we do talk about another term, and that is peak oil demand. And that's something we hear thrown around a lot. So when do you see the global market actually meeting this point? What will oil demand look like when this occurs? Well, during the pandemic, uh, during 2020, we were hearing that oil demand would never again surpass the pre-pandemic high end of 2019, approximately 100 million barrels per day. And even the IEA was out saying, you know, that might never happen. Then it was, well, it might be in 2023, then maybe 2022, and then maybe even the end of 2021. So I think when we look at peak oil demand, in the past, there was peak oil supply. And then technology was able to open up new resource, uh, new production, which overcame the peak oil supply concern. You know, in terms of peak demand, there's a lot of different estimates out there. Maybe it's 2030, maybe it's 2040, maybe it's 2050, somewhere in between. But even when demand does peak, it is not going to zero that day. It is not going to zero that decade. Oil will remain a really important part of our material world. Everything is built and made from resources. So, you know, even when it peaks, you still need trillions of dollars of investment to make sure that whatever the consumption is, the supply is there so that we don't have shortages. So you bring up an interesting point there, Cody, you know, because energy markets are a very complex subject. You know, so it's not just as simple as people are driving more now with COVID. You talk about the, the money that has to go investing into having access to oil as we're using it. So can you tell us a little bit more about what actually drives or minimizes oil demand in global markets? Yeah, oil demand is a complex topic. And what we have to recognize is that every year, you know, the world needs about $500 billion of investment into new oil and gas production to keep supply flat. Why? Because the existing production, it does deplete and it runs out. So if you drilled the well 10 years ago, the first year, it might be 90%, the second year, 80%, the third year, 70% and so on. And it's a very simplistic explanation of this, but by year 10, it's going to be at zero. And so if you aren't continually adding new production, you are going to see a dramatic decline in the available energy supply for consumers around the world. We saw what happened with the colonial pipeline outage. People were filling up their trucks with just garbage bags full of gasoline. And, you know, it's, it's still, as long as there is that demand, we need to make sure that we don't have a shortage and a supply crisis. So a major, massive amount of investment is required annually. And we also have a continued growing population until at least 2040, 2050, from seven and a half billion now to potentially nine or at one point, even 10 billion was the number. And, you know, we need to make sure that we can 
meet people's energy demand and meet that resource demand with the most responsible, the most sustainable, the most innovative resource supply and oil and gas supply. And that's really where Canada can continue to be a part of the solution. So if we were to stop investing in oil and gas today, as many are calling for, we would have a major crisis in addition to the most expensive energy uh, we've ever witnessed. We would have a major, a major shortage. You would be waiting in massive lines for gasoline. There would be a shortage of everything because everything is made possible or made with oil and gas. So we do need to have that balanced conversation about peak demand, when that does happen, and what that does actually still mean for the required investment in new production. So we're seeing this play out in real time, actually, right now, where we've seen in in, uh, our neighbors to the south, where they've had some policies that have impacted their production. And then simultaneously, you see their president that is asking for production to be ramped up in other countries. So can you talk about the difference between long-term oil and gas demand and policy that's going to work within those needs and the short-term oil and gas demands for our current needs? You know, Keystone XL getting canceled and then, you know, the U.S. asking for more oil from OPEC was a really good sort of uh, contrast around, you know, some might call it the hypocrisy, but it's a very complex conversation. And, you know, Keystone was going to be in operation kind of 2023, you know, more supply from friendly climate focused Canada doesn't have to come by tanker potentially lower emissions, all the great things happening in Canada. That's just a really good example. And, you know, Canada, we, you know, as a country, we don't want to make that same mistake where we are discouraging investment through policies or through a lack of support. And then ultimately the world is able to seek out supply from other jurisdictions, or even at some point we end up having to import more than we should have or could have if we just built our own infrastructure and supported our own production. We currently do import a lot of oil and gas still, and it doesn't need to be that way. And we need to kind of continue to solve that puzzle. Canada needs more Canadian energy. Also, the energy security component. I mean, there have been times when we've even been concerned maybe we wouldn't get the oil the oil tankers that come into New Brunswick or sometimes up into the St. Lawrence region. Maybe they wouldn't make it and you know where would we source that supply from and it's easy we get it from canada we got to work together as a country and build these projects to connect west and east for the betterment of both the global environment and all canadian families so we got to make sure we don't repeat those mistakes we can look long term we can support all of our energy production having this sort of all inclusive approach to invest in renewables invest in our sustainable and responsible oil and gas production with climate uh, action as a, a core focus in, in all regards. So we've talked about the fact that the world still needs energy. As populations increase, we need to provide reliable, affordable energy. Oil and gas will be a part of that mix. We've also talked about the fact that supply is going to continue and we want to make sure supply is a choice. How do we reconcile, though, all these efforts to make sure that you know lifestyle and uh, you know energy security are met while still meeting this gargantuan task of reducing emissions, which is the reason people have the call for oil is dead in the first place. You know, we had an episode on clean technology where we talked about a lot of the uh, examples of what Canada is doing, our resource industry is doing to reduce emissions, but but still then being able to supply the resources that the world needs. You know, we have to talk ultimately about consumer demand. And if people don't want to change their habits, that's a whole nother conversation. But as long as there is oil and gas demand or resource demand that Canada can supply, 
I think that the low-hanging fruit, I mean, for Canada, if we were to displace all foreign oil supplied into the country, we would reduce emissions and save money and increase our energy security as a country, as the world's second largest country, one of the top producers of oil, gas, energy resources in the world. So that is a a real life example, you know, we there's a lot of talk now about methane. We're a leader in the proportionate sort of oil and gas production to the very, very, very low volume of methane and flaring that we're still happening. So let's take Canadian know-how, Canadian expertise, let's apply it globally. Let's take our standards, apply it globally. On methane and flaring alone, we apply that globally to all oil and gas production. We take about 100 million cars off the road. There's a lot of great examples where we can reconcile an immediate reduction in emissions with still supporting uh, the most responsible uh, uh, supply to meet that consumer demand, of course. And, um, you know, as Canadians, I think it's important we have these conversations within our oil and gas industry, the efforts that are being made to reduce emissions, you know, huge reductions over the last 20, 30 years, in addition to work on carbon capture and storage, work on, you know, making sure that we're understanding where the emissions are coming from, and then uh, just applying our, our, our knowledge and our know-how globally. I think we have uh, a huge opportunity because the world is going to require potentially 15 to $20 trillion of investment in oil and gas in the next 30 years. And so we have to ask ourselves as Canadians, where should that investment be going? Where should that production be coming from? And Canada right now, we're a leader when it comes to ESG. We're a leader on clean technology. We are never going to stop trying to reduce our emissions and our environmental footprint. And for those reasons, Canada should be a supplier of choice and a choice jurisdiction for that investment. So I think we can balance. I think we are balancing in Canada energy and the environment and energy resources and the uh, economy. That's why I believe the world needs more clean energy. Okay. Well, as long as the world continues to need uh, oil, uh, Canada will continue to produce it at the highest level. And uh, I guess that's uh, the answer for oil is not dead. And uh, thanks so much, Cody. It's been great talking to you again today. Thanks again, Lynn. It always makes me chuckle when we see people with signs or with products that uh, we don't always realize how things are made and how things work. And that really, we can start by, you know, sort of having that balanced conversation, reducing the polarization by simply raising everyone's education about how the world works and where that, uh, that energy and those resources should come from, should come from Canada. So thanks for joining us today. Please join us uh, on our website, canadaction.ca and sign up for our email list. And uh, we'll be back soon with our next episode. Thanks again.